0: Well, we have been in a series called In His Name. I believe this is part nine. We've been on this for a while. Uh, Let's put up a few scriptures. Just um, we'll recap a little bit and then go forward. Matthew 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus said, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus said he had all authority. And then he said, you go, therefore, to his disciples. He said, go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying the authority in heaven and earth is mine, and I am delegating it to you. By telling them to go, he was delegating authority to them. Now they've gone, and this has continued. We'll see this. It's continued. You and I have authority on this earth to do what he would have us to do and to represent the Lord on the earth. We are not just uh, here alone speaking for ourselves. If you're a Christian, then you are speaking or ought to be speaking and representing the God of the universe. That is amazing. We represent Jesus here on the earth. In fact, we're his voice, we're his hands, we're his feet. He is the head of the church, but we're his body. We are the ones that are supposed to be getting the will of God done on the earth. That means everything that you do in a day is important. Anybody say amen to that? There are no unimportant people, unimportant individuals in the kingdom of God. If you're in the kingdom of God, if you've believed on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you received Him, if you haven't, we can pray with you. Uh, come talk to us after service if we, uh, you know, if we, we'll, if we don't make an um, opportunity for that. But there is an opportunity always to receive Him. But if you're not in the kingdom of God, you can be. But if you're in the kingdom of God, then you are vital to His plan. Don't, don't ever say, well, that's not me. I'm not vital. That's the wrong attitude. If God said that you're important, if God said that you have a role, then you have a role. And we need to step up to what he says about us, not dumb dumb our role down to what we think. Now, we've covered some of these things in prior messages. I encourage you to go back and listen to the series because we've been building in a direction. We've been building... each message has been building on each, or, each other we can't lay all that foundation again but we need to understand that we represent the king of kings and the lord of lords mark 16:15 here He said, go into all the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongue, tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. And it, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So he's saying these things will be done in his name, in Jesus' name. Now, we're we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But he said, Go in all the world, them that believe will do these things. 2 Corinthians 5.20 in the New Living Translation, we spent a good amount of time on this. It says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. We, as the body of Christ, are His ambassadors. That's a messenger. That's one that represents Everyone in the kingdom of God is actually there on the earth to represent the king. It says, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we are doing the work that God, by Jesus, would have done on the earth. In other words, Jesus is not here physically on the earth right now. He did walk physically, but he's not here right now. The Spirit of God, his Spirit is here. But Jesus is not. Well, who's going to get the job done of sharing the message of God? It's his body. That's you and me. If we've been born again, if we've trusted the Lord Jesus as our Savior, that's us. So we have the authority and the ability to do His work. And if we are His ambassadors and we are His representatives, we should be doing what He would be doing if He were here bodily. Think about it. And We spent a lot of time on ambassadors and that we're Christ ambassadors and you know, spoke on that spent some time there. We're not going to repeat all that. But what does an ambassador do An ambassador, our ambassadors, for instance, for our country, for the United States, our ambassadors overseas, what do they do? They represent our country, and they act on behalf of the governing officials, the other governing officials, Of our country. So the decisions they make, what they would say if they were in these other countries, that's what the ambassador represents, that's what they do. They don't act on their own, they don't come up with their own ideas, they don't represent just themselves, they are representing our country. Likewise, we as Christians, as the the family and the the body of Christ are representing God and representing the head of the church, the Lord Jesus. So if we are representing Him, then we ought to say and do what He would say and do if He were here. Otherwise, what are we representing? If we come up with other ideas or things that we want to mix in, but they're not what the Christ, the head of the church, would do, we're not actually representing Him. We're not being proper ambassadors. We're just doing our own deal. So in every situation... You know, you've heard it. It was a, uh, a phrase for a while, and people still say it. What would Jesus do? You know, sometimes, though, that carries a connotation. I'm not knocking that whatsoever. But a lot of it was, you know, sometimes what would Jesus do in this situation? Like, would he love the person or would he forgive? And that's the way people think about it. But it's really all-inclusive. If Jesus were faced with any situation, what would he do? And we can't dumb it down and be like, well, he was Jesus. I can't do the same thing. See, this is, we're coming to the crux of a lot of what we've been leading up to. Jesus has delegated authority to us to do the work that he did on the earth, to continue it on and do it the way he would do it, with the power and authority that he had. He delegated it to us, and now we're supposed to be doing the same things. Now let's look at uh, John 14. Go ahead and turn to John 14, 12, because we're going to look at some other scriptures in John, I believe. John 14, verse 12. You guys are believing with me. We prayed at the beginning and we said, God, help us get out what we need to. I have so much here. We need to get out the right things. For today. Thank God this isn't the only shot we get, right? You're going to come back again, right? (laughs) But we need what we need to get out today. John 14, verse 12 says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. You could stop right there, and a lot of religious-minded individuals. Now, when I say that, I'm not knocking people. I'm saying we got to be careful how we think and the doctrine that we've heard and what we're adhering to. Because this is the Christ, the Son of God, saying this. This is not a man. This is not somebody's idea. This is not somebody's teaching. This is not somebody's philosophy. This is the Son of God, the Christ, the head of the church, saying this. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. He said, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. He's saying, I'm not going to be here. But the one who believes on me is going to do what I do, and they're going to do greater works. Now, what did Jesus do? We're going to look at that a little bit. But what did he do? He did miracles. Jesus did. Now, he's taught. And we got to under. There are things that go with this. Uh, we're talking about the body of Christ and us singularly and us as a whole. Jesus, he was it on the earth he did everything now the body of christ as a whole is going to be able to do the whole work of jesus but he has delegated us as believers certain things we can do what i'm saying that for is don't just because jesus Uh, did certain things doesn't mean everybody's going to do all the specific things that he did. In other words, he had the anointing of the the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. He was it, everything. Us as the body of Christ are going to get the same thing done. But there are certain things that we're supposed to walk in. We just read it in Mark 16, 15. He didn't say any specific office. He said those that believe these signs will follow. And he said they will speak with new tongues, they will cast out demons, they will heal, they will lay hands on the sick. So there are things that all of us can do because we've been authorized. So he said the works I do, he will do also in greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Does he mean what he says or not? Is this a true statement? So he said, if you ask anything. Now you have to qualify this saying, there's other places where he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will ask what you will and I will do it. You don't just ask. You wouldn't ask God, strike this person dead, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't align with the rest of the counsel of God. It is understood, and contextually, you have to understand, it's what He would do and that aligns with His will. Amen. Anything that you do, if we're aligned with God, if we ask, He will do it. We need to know what His will is. We need to know what the Bible says. That's His will for us. And we need to know what He's spoken to us spe- specifically. But if we're aligned with His Word, then we ask it, In His name, He said He would do it. This is the greatest truth that we could know, that we are authorized to act on behalf of the King of the universe. This truth, as we see it and we get a hold of it, and we act on it, and we act like the Bible is true and not act like this is some religious doctrine, this can change every community, every nation on the face of the earth and has. When we get a hold of what God is telling us to do and the equipment and the way He has told us to do it, then it will change things around us. This What we're reading right now and looking at is the way the church, the early church, uh, spread the gospel. Is by doing and acting like Jesus. Doing what he did, saying what he said, and walking in the power that he walked in. He did not say, I'm the son of God. Don't try this. These things that you're seeing me do, you can't do. He said, the one that believes in me, you'll do these things. Did he not just say that? See, religion will tell you, oh, no, he's God. And you you can't do this. And uh, you can't do what the apostles did. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but nowhere in the Bible does it say those things passed away. We are his representatives. The name of Jesus is not a tagline. When he says, you do it, you ask it in my name, he's talking about authority. He said, you ask it because I've provided it, because it is yours legally, and you say, in the name of Jesus be done, you are acting on his behalf, which is what we're authorized to do. It is... Authority. It is legality. It is not what you feel. It is not what you think. It is not what you've seen. It is legal. We are on legal ground that what Jesus told us to go do, we have the authority to do. And when we act on it, we can see what He told us we can see. We are to do what He would do if He were here bodily. So we need to ask ourselves, what did he do when he was on earth? What did his disciples do? There is nothing that says we should not do the same things. He commissioned us to do them. Those are the things we're to do, and those are the things we have, the authorization, the authority, the power to do. The only thing that is keeping us from walking in these things and seeing them more is faith and belief that they're for us now in 2019 in Massachusetts and the surrounding areas. They are ours. Before the God of heaven. God has not changed. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And when he said go and he told us what to do, he had every intention of us doing it. And acting like he meant what he said. And we're reading His words. These are not my words. These are the words of the Bible. These are for us. Now. We have authority over Satan. We have authority over evil spirits. And evil spirits are real. We're going to get into some things here, here further, but I'm just making some statements and then we're going to go further. But we have authority over Satan and all his junk. We have authority over sickness. We have authority over poverty. We have authority over every evil power, period. Jesus did. He delegated to us. We, as his body, have authority over everything that Satan would peddle, period. Amen. Satan is a defeated foe. There is no name above Jesus' name. This is what men and women are longing for all over the world. They know intuitively that circumstances should not have power over them. Think about it. There is something that rises up in a human being... When something is happening, that, you know, sickness is attacking your body, something happens to your child. And it says, this shouldn't be this way. Intuitively, people know, because we're created to have dominion. God told Adam, have dominion. And he yielded to Satan and put the human race under Satan's thumb. And Jesus came to restore our authority and our place. But Satan is still in the world and he goes about deceiving, telling men that they don't have a choice, that this is just the way it is, that the disease is too big, that the doctors don't know, that you just have to put up with this because it was in your family and those are all lies. We know... Internally, every human being on the face of the earth, every race knows that they're not supposed to be underneath. They're, they're created to have dominion, and there's in something inside every man and woman that says, when something attacks them, this should not be. And you know, people start blaming God because they don't understand. Because there's a deceiver saying, Well, it's God's fault. It's not God's fault. The, the stealer, the killer, the destroyer is lying telling people it's his fault, when he's the one that's trying to get us to yield to him and to say, well, there's nothing we can do. There's no cure for this. No known cure. That doesn't mean there's no cure. Go back a hundred years and there's things that there was no known cure that we take care of every day, just medically speaking. That means things that are... Challenging today to the human race, medically speaking, God already has an answer for everything, and He has already authorized the church to act on His behalf to set men free and women free. John 15. Let's read a couple scriptures and we'll move on. Or we'll go to the next part. John, since we're here. John 15, verse 16. He said you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. He's saying it again. Whatever you ask in my name. John 16 25 Says, These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say that you should, that to you that I shall pray the Father to you. He said, In that day you shall ask in my name. So we are acting on his behalf in his name. These things have been given. And we've been authorized to do what he has authorized us to do. We have been given the authority, and we have been given the, the, the authorization to do what he would do if he were here. Now Matthew 4:23, go ahead and turn over there. Matthew 4:23. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is amazing. Hallelujah. And God has given us this ability that we're reading. Don't let this be. Don't let this pass you by. The things that we are looking at right now, don't let it be just... Uh, you know, just teaching that goes in one ear and out the other, let it hit your heart like you've never seen the word of God before, and take it as truth from the living God. God is real. He's on the throne right now, and his power is real. Did we just read, We're supposed to do the things He did, right? Amen. Matthew 4:23. It says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Just stop right there. What does it say he did? He went about teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This isn't the only time you'll see this, you see this over and over. And he went about healing, he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. It says in healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease, which were among the people. Then his fame went through all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics, paralytics do you understand i'm not going to go off right this on this right now but do you understand there is a spiritual realm and there are things that are caused by demonic activity and the world has dismissed this and they don't know what to do with it and they dismiss it as natural causes but the bible says there is a spiritual realm and there are things there are demons to be dealt with under certain circumstances and we have authority over them Do you understand if we act like they're not there, that doesn't change their influence and they will only operate more freely? Do you understand if all society says that's nuts, that's archaic, they are actually burying their heads in the sand and it gives the enemy every opportunity to go forward with the destruction that he has because as far as society is concerned, he doesn't exist. That's that that's for uneducated people. We don't believe in that stuff anymore. That's not true. We've been authorized to deal with that. You don't have to be afraid of anything supernatural ever. The the world has promoted this idea that the supernatural, especially the, the evil, is so powerful and bigger, and it's something to be feared. Not for the Christian. Guys, the supernatural is real, and people, this is another thing people understand intuitively, they understand. They might not be able to put their finger on it, but they know, intuitively, every person knows they're not just here for a a specific period of time, and they're going to die, and then they never exist. People... Yearn for the supernatural people yearn for something that's beyond what they can see and feel and touch They don't believe it inherently that there's not a God They have to be brainwashed into believing that there's not a God And even then you've heard the saying there are no atheists in a foxhole (laughs) Their life is threatened stuff starts happening and people start praying what praying to a God that they don't think five minutes before existed But people don't really believe that. But people have to really try hard to start believing that. Because there is a supernatural. Do you see all the fascination with supernatural or superpowers or this thing? Now there's make-believe, but then there's the real. People are fascinated because we are actually supernatural beings ourselves, we are going to live past this life. It says, then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he what? He He healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Now, notice he went around teaching, he went preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healings, all kinds of diseases, or all kinds of sickness and diseases. And all kinds of disease among the people, and his fame went throughout Syria, and they brought people. Do you understand that's how we're supposed to operate? Do you understand that we are supposed to operate like Jesus? What would Jesus do if he were in our circumstance? What would he do? I'm not, I'm not asking, it's a rhetorical question that we are answering. We need to understand if Jesus, were, if we're his representatives and his ambassadors, and, he, and we're in a situation... We need to become in tune with the Spirit of God and understand that we have delegated authority to represent Him. So we don't need to dumb it down and say, well, I can't do, I can't do. We need to start stepping up and believe what He told us we could do. And when we do, the Bible says here with Jesus, He, He would preach, He would teach, And he healed, and people found out about it, and they came from all over, bringing the people that needed it. And what did he do? He said, "Well, I just I don't know if I can handle that." He healed them. He did. He didn't say, "Well, you know, it's not God's will today." Everybody that came to Jesus believing was healed. Now, whose representatives are we? So, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to preach the gospel. Supposed to teach, we're supposed to flow with what he has told us to do. We are authorized to be his representatives. Matthew 9, verse 1. Praise God. Amen. God is good. Matthew 9, verse 1. You all there? It says, so he got in a boat. This is an example of, of Jesus operating, and I want you to see some things here. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. So this man cannot walk. Everybody say he cannot walk. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. Why are they saying that? Because God is the one that can forgive sin. And so he is making him equal with God, which he is. He is the Son of God, and so they're getting mad. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said... Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know, now notice this, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. Now, notice what happened. Jesus says to this man comes in, he's paralyzed, and Jesus says, "Your your sins are forgiven. The religious people get mad and say, how dare he? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knows what they're thinking, and he says, what? He says, why do you think evil in your hearts? For Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you or arise and walk? So we say, what? You're mad because I said your sins are forgiven you? He said, which is easier to do, forgive sins or, or tell you to rise and walk? But he said, so that you may know that I have the power to forgive sins. And he turns to the man and says, get up and take your bed and walk. and and go to your house, and he arose and departed to his house. See, this is the same circumstance we are in today. And we mentioned it last week, and we're talking about it further. Why does somebody need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and can forgive sins, and then that's right, versus another religion that's saying they have another doctrine, and that's right? Jesus said here, I am telling you, you're forgiven. And the people got mad, and they they thought, well, who does he think he is? And he said, that you may know that I have the, the right and the authority to forgive sins. And he healed the person. This is supposed to be part of the proof that the word of God is true. Did you hear me? Do you understand there are people over the world that, that will say, they'll mock Christianity. Well, it's just another religion. They'll say all religions, quote unquote, that's what they call it, all religions are the same. There are many paths to God. You have the Bible, we have this other holy book. But you think that, so that's just what your parents taught you, and that's what your society taught you, and that's just what you've heard, so of course you parrot that. People say this, right? Am I making it up? What, why would yours be right? That's just what you think, and that, that's fine with you, but you shouldn't, you know, talk about it to anybody else. Number one, that's a lie. That's trying to shut the truth up. And we don't need to try to respect other things and give it unnecessary reverence when it's not the God, it's not godly. I'm not saying you get be rude to people, but don't act like it's the truth. That's a trap. So you have this situation in the earth where group A says such and such, we believe such and such, and we believe such and so and so was a prophet, and this is what we believe, and here's our book to prove it, okay? And then you got group B, well, there's this book, and this is our prophet, and this is what we say, and, you know, then you see common so-called principles across the the religions, quote unquote, and anything that's truly something from God uh, will go back to the Bible, In other words, if you see anything that contradicts the word of God, it's not true. But if you see it, you may see a truth in another uh, faith or religion that mirrors something like what's in the Bible. But it's just something that's a copy of the true. That doesn't mean that they're all true. That just means there are duplicates, uh, not duplicates, but, but things that are a common principle. But they go back to the real truth, which is the word of God. But you will see all these different things in the Word. And people will say, well, I believe so-and-so, and and you believe so-and-so. Well, that's just what I believe. You can have your beliefs. I can have my beliefs. And if you want to argue about it, you can find plenty of people that will do that with you. Right? Just go to the comment board of any, you know, just have an article that touches on Christianity or something. And boy, there are all these comments going left and right about both sides, you know, of, well, there's no God. Well, there is a God, and they get nasty with each other. And if you want to argue, you can do that literally all day with people you've never met, never seen. Right? And they'll, they'll tell you, and they'll give all the references, and why do you believe about the, the big man in the sky, and there's no such thing, and you Christians are morons, and... It'll go. It, really? Anybody else ever seen that? Yeah. Well, so if it's a debate, and well, we believe such and such, and all the religions are stupid, or that this is true, and actually this religion's further than Christianity. And blo- you can just talk and 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 go around in circles, and everybody believes it's just all a bunch of junk. And you know, bottom line is you brought you got brought up in this part of the world with these parents, and you believe such and such. And if you get brought up over here, you believe such and such. And well, we just you know, can't prove anything, but we just all kind of believe. And you say Jesus is, but I don't believe in Jesus. And you say I have a Jesus. You know, people will say like, you know, you have a hole in your heart that's the only Jesus can fill. Well, I don't think so. And, I be- and so you just talk. Right? Do you understand it's not supposed to be that way? Do you understand we are supposed to be as delegated Representatives of the Almighty, that we have been given power to make a change, that we've been given power to prove, and to, it's not going to convince people. people have to choose to believe, Well, we'll put it in front of them, throw down the gauntlet, there is a supernatural, and God is backing this word. Guys, this is now for us. Do you rise, this isn't supposed to be something out in the weeds, somebody that just a few see. This is for, if you have believed on Jesus, and you, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God too. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you haven't had that, you need to be baptized in the Spirit of God. This isn't, this isn't uh, optional equipment, because if you're going to walk in the power of God after Him, that is part of what He said you need to go out into the world and to flow in the power of God. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He's saying, you think, you're saying basically, who gave you the authority to do this? Who said that's true? Who said you can forgive sins? You realize that church is all over. I'm not knocking anybody, but it's not supposed to be dumbed down to this. People are just saying, well, Jesus forgives your sins. Who said? That's what these people are saying. Who said? Now, don't misunderstand me. People can be born again without seeing a miracle. People can be born again because the Word of God is alive and powerful, and it's right there that if people hear the truth, they can choose to believe. And it's happening all over. We see that, but it's not just supposed to be that. That's what I'm referring to now. Do you need to see? No, people can see a miracle right in front of their face and just count and harden their heart and not believe. Somebody could just hear, Jesus is the Son of God, and he, believed, and he died for my sins, and hit the floor and believed God. But we are not supposed to be just limited, is my point. We, God has not left us just with having these arguments of, well, what is true and what's not true, and you, you, know, you can't back it up. No, we're supposed to walk, preach the Word, say what He said, and He will work with us because we're His representatives to back it up. if there's one thing that we can get over this morning, it's that this is for us in the church now as his representatives today, now. If there's one part that we can get across, it's take it out of the over there and back then and in the future and put it now. Do you understand that all over the world people are having revival and you know what the message is it's exactly what we're preaching here is that the supernatural is real and God is real and he will meet your need and those are the things that are exploding In the United States of America we've become too smart we think And we need to understand that God is on the throne and he is willing and able to do what he has always done. And that is his pattern. He's not going to make up a new pattern. Sure, there are things that look like, well, we could get something done over here and there. He, di- he didn't make another pattern. Things can change. Things can look a little different, but the bottom line is, if you shine it up and try to make it look different, but you don't have the substance. In other words, the way it's manifest, or the way we walk things out, we may look a little different. I mean, you know, people didn't have screens 50 years ago, and and our clothes might look different, but if you have that, but you don't have what we're talking about that represents something 2,000 years ago, it's not what we're supposed to be walking in. I don't care about all the, the exterior. If we don't have the, what we're supposed to be walking in, it's all for naught. Don't get sidetracked by the exterior. We, we can, we can you know, have updated things and technology, but if we don't have the core, if we don't have the real, then we are not walking as the, the church of acts that we're supposed to be continuing to walk. Notice, he said, Arise, take your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. Notice he didn't say, Give such debating skills to men. Notice he didn't say, Give such argumentative abilities to men, and such, uh, such knowledge. All that? went aside, because he was able to say, rise up and walk. We read this last week, I want to go back with it, because we'll hit it again, and uh, let's just touch on it here, 2 Corinthians 1, 5, we'll put it up on the screen, glory to God. How are you guys? Can you go to 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 1? He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech and of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. See, he said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Notice he's declaring the testimony of God, but he's not putting uh, emphasis on how slick he said it, on how cool it looked, on in wisdom, natural wisdom. He didn't emphasize that. Doesn't mean he didn't have any of it. He said, I didn't come to you with that. That's not my mode of operation. I didn't come to you saying, woo, look at how these big flowery words now, it's not, we're not, the Bible's not teaching against a mode of communication. He's just saying, I didn't come to you with that. That's not the thing I'm putting forth trying to get the job done. You know, if you had two cars, and i never drag raced in my life, but if you have two cars, and you're going to bet on one, or not bet, you know, you're looking... But you're gonna say which one's gonna win and one looks really stylish and sharp looks like it is really fast got the, the tires got everything cleaned up its wax it you know paint job is perfect everything all the chrome is shiny looks like it is going hundred miles an hour standing still but does not have the goods on the inside versus a car got a little bit of rust on it, doesn't look like it's all shined up. You guys know where I'm going, but has an engine in it that could, you know, blow almost every other vehicle on the road away. Which one do you want to have when you're trying to race? Do you want the shiny good looking one with no substance or the one that's got all the substance, but maybe some rough edges on the outside? We want the one that's going to do the job right? The equipment that we've been given to do the job is what we're talking about. It's the power of God. Now, if you have a car that's got the, the tricked out engine and it's got the substance and it looks great on the outside, great. That's not going to help you win the race, but we're not against the shiny on the outside. But if it doesn't have the engine, forget it because it's a race car. It's a, you're trying to win a race here. That's what Paul is saying. He said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Well, let's see how, how I can make this so, so you know, Persuasive. I'm going to make this really persuasive sermon. It's not supposed to be in our natural human wisdom. It says, in the demonstration, he said, my speech and my preaching. Notice that. He's not just even talking about going out and what we would call the power gifts or, or laying hands on the sick. He said, my speech and my preaching would not with persuasive wor- uh, words of human wisdom But what? In demonstration of the Spirit and of power. What does that mean? The substance is there. What does it mean? God is there. It means the Spirit of God is behind it. The demonstration of the Spirit going behind so that the supernatural is there. Do you understand? Our church services are supposed to change us. We have to change, but they're supposed to come in. If all we do is sing some songs and go through the motions, and have a little message, and leave, and we don't change, we don't come up, we don't sense the presence of God, then what are we doing? Amen. Amen. What's the point? The point is, we need to sense the presence of God. It says, My words weren't with human wisdom and demonstration of the Spirit and a power that your face should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We should sense God speaking to us. If the message is anointed by God, we ought to sense the presence of God. Doesn't matter the subject, if we believe God and it's what God would have us to say, that's why we pray. It's God speaking to us. It ought to quicken our hearts. We ought to see things that we can adjust and change and come up and God is empowering us and we walk out different because we've been in the presence of the Almighty under the anointing of God. The anointing is how He works and teaches. We ought to sense something God met me God infused that yes it came through a person but it was God speaking to me we ought to sense that every time we meet and if we're not something's wrong and if we're not what's the point because that's not the way we're supposed to operate Amen? amen God is alive and real and when when we're preaching under the unction of the Holy Spirit there should be all these messages going tailored Custom-tailored that the Spirit of God is speaking to each person, spirit to spirit, quickening them, and things that maybe, like I'm not saying, but they're coming in, filling the blanks, and images and directions coming, just boom, 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 boom. And you come out going, that was for me. And everybody else is saying the same thing. That's the anointing and the power of God that we are to walk in. And then we are to go out we are supposed to walk in the power in whatever area we're in. Praise God. God is real. He's true. And He is on the throne. Let me just read you these. We read them last week, but it, as we wrap up, it says 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power it's not in just word it's in power romans 1:16 says for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes for the jew first and also for the greek jesus walked in power jesus walked In the anointing and the authority of God. We are to walk in the power and the authority and the anointing of God. That is the substance. That is the core. When we speak, it's supposed to be God-infused. When we go out into this world, we're supposed to carry something that's not just natural. It's supernatural. That when we come into contact with somebody, it's not just human to human. It's not just reasoning. It's not following a 10-step process. It is the Spirit of God ministering to them. And if they have a need, we ought to have the equipment to get that taken care of. Or to have them show them the way. I'm not, it's not, doesn't mean we're going to be able to do everything for everybody. We ought to have the answer. We ought to have the ability to show them. And of course they have something to do about, do with it, but let's not back off and focus so much on that. Let's realize that we have the power of God available and be able to flow with that wherever we are. Amen. 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 Praise you, God.